Hey friends, welcome to the uh, Course Five Campus channel, and I'm your host Sushant Tajmani. So, guys, uh, on this channel, we discuss on a lot of latest industry trends, and we also give our clients an opportunity to learn a little bit more about our solutions and products, and how these solutions and products are enabling and empowering our clients in their digital transformation journeys. So today with me we have uh, Sundar Balakrishnan, who is our resident supply chain consultant, who will be sharing some of his learnings around uh, augmented analytics, some of the work he's been doing in the CPG and FMCG sector. So Sundar, hey Sushant, thanks for having me over. This is Sundar Balakrishnan here. I am a business consultant, uh, a data guy at heart and uh, I enjoy solving uh, complex customer problems across consumer products, retail, and tech industries. Uh, so thanks, thanks for again, Sushant, for having me over. Well, it's pleasure is ours, Sundar. So Sundar, I know you have been uh, working predominantly in the augmented analytics space uh, for the past couple of years now. And uh, CPG and FMCG is very closer to your heart. You love supply chain, you love talking about logistics. So I'm very curious to know what are some of the interesting challenges that you are working on right now where the clients are struggling with their existing data ecosystems, considering the supply chain we are talking here, and uh, how augmented analytics is going to bridge certain gaps in the incumbent ecosystem? Wow, <laughs> it's a nice, really nice question. Uh, so I, I'm, you know, let's do a little bit of a, uh, you know, putting ourselves in the shoes of a supply chain operations professional today, right? You know, think about multiple sites, multiple modes of uh, transportation, multiple uh, uh, third parties that you have to deal with, and then the plethora of products that consumer product companies or retail companies have to work with, and then make sure it gets delivered in the right amount, in the right uh, shape and form to the right customer at the right time, uh, you've suddenly started looking at a complete explosion of information around all of this that modern supply chain professionals have to process, have to work with, and then take decisions, not just once a day, but multiple times a day uh, as they go through their day. So obviously, what I'm seeing is that consumer product companies, retail companies, they've invested heavily in, you know, visibility solutions, in transportation solutions, in uh, inventory management, in warehouse management solutions, uh, demand forecasting solutions, and then, you know, consider the data consolidation solutions, your data lakes, data warehouses. On top of that, your uh, BI ecosystems for insights and visualization. Uh, so there is a heavy amount of investment that is going into getting the data, making, uh, processing that data, and then trying to make sense of that data in order to arrive at that insights. Despite all this, a couple of, you know, very clear challenges that I'm seeing is that number one, that speed to getting to that insight is still not good enough. It still is. So one of the, uh, you know, facts that we found out while talking to clients, while researching on the subject was that, modern supply chain professionals spend up to 57% of their time just getting to the insight once. So imagine if you need to get through to the insight three, four times a day so that you can take decisions. We talk about data-driven organizations. There is some way to go to really achieving that. 
The second aspect of it, which is becoming a recurring theme is most of the information I know of is T minus one. I know it till yesterday. Even getting today's information at the right time is a challenge. So then getting information for the next six days, next 14 days, next 21 days, uh, uh, beyond that, of course, is a forecasting uh, accuracy issue. But even that length of time is a major challenge that supply chain organizations are trying to solve, supply chain functions are trying to solve. So these two, I think, would be core problems that I have seen recur in the supply chain industry, especially within supply chain analytics. Well, that, that's very well said, Sundar. And I think I will add a couple of points here too. Uh, you talked about visibility, you talked about uh, bringing some time and efficiencies for the people who are trying to get these insights on their computers or on their mobile applications or whichever medium of consumption they're using. So as part of course five, how are you trying to solve this chan challenge of speed? Because I know this is not just a problem with one industry or one client. I think this is a very pervasive problem. And I think every company right now trying to build the systems which are low latency systems, okay, where they can get the insights in maybe in a few seconds, few hours, if not days or, uh, or weeks. So how are you trying to solve that challenge for the clients? Very interesting. So a couple of days back while I was uh, reading, I was reading an article and I was looking at this research which said that uh, while corporate strategy teams believe that uh, a lot of their ecosystem is quote-unquote digital and insights are being consumed through your dashboards, through other kind of digital media, supply chain operations professionals, uh, they still were, you know, tending to go back to Excel sheets. The delta was somewhere around 40% between the opinions, you know, one group saying, no, it is digital. Another group saying, no, it's Excel. Um, so one pro part of the problem statement is that there is a lot of insight where Excel is still the medium of not only consumption, but processing as well. That's one place that we are also trying to see as we go through uh, this journey to say, how many points in your journey has this uh, this convenience, but also some sort of an inefficiency that comes with it, right? That's number one uh, straight away. Uh, we, we've been conducting uh, what we call a phase zero, which we conduct with each of our uh, client engagements, where we try and get into a day in the life of the supply chain professionals. Try and look at what are those inside touch points. And at those inside touch points, what are the gaps? How are they trying to you know, circumvent those gaps, and what is it that we can bring in as a solution, right? Um, and Sushant, you know this all too well, that one one of the challenges in the industry itself, in the analytics industry, is that adoption of insights is really poor, and I'm sure you have all the stats around it. Um, I think one of the core things that we are trying to change as a culture in the, in the thinking of our organizations is you, you cannot expect professionals to come looking for insights. Insights have to go and embed themselves into the day in the life. So that is one philosophy change. And thirdly, with a solution that we've built, which is our course five discovery, our augmented analytic solution, we are looking at bringing relevant human-friendly insights, right, which fit into a day in the life 
and become contextual. And given that it is multimodal, we can deliver it through multiple media for an individual. It starts embedding itself more seamlessly. These are some of, at least my experience in the last, say, uh, 18 to 24 months of how we are trying to overcome this challenge. I, I do love to hear your thoughts also on, you know, uh, some of your experiences around this journey. So, yeah, I think the one thing I want to add here, Sundar, uh, from the speed point of view, as you and me have worked with multiple clients in the last couple of years on discovery, that uh, I think the speed definition is very subjective, okay? And if you talk to different stakeholders in the company, everyone has their own perception about speed. And to some extent, I would say speed is also a function of multiple factors. I think it's also a function of the medium of consumption you are using. The people who are using chat, voice, or search, their perception is the results should come in less than five seconds. The people who are consuming through PowerPoints or maybe documents or Excel, they have they are a little bit more forgiving. For them, maybe a more 24 hours or maybe sometimes 48 to 72 hour latency is acceptable to them. But the moment you look at the individuals who are on the floor, maybe on the plant or in the distribution center or in the warehouses, for them, it's always about quick notifications, okay, coming through SMS or WhatsApps or through email that tells them, okay, how many loads have happened? How many unloads have happened? What is my fill rate risk looks like? Okay, uh, what is my uh, service level adherence right now? And also, how my safety stock percentage is fluctuating during the day or during the week. So there are so many metrics that comes into this whole supply chain ecosystem. I think to me, this is one of those function which has plenty of metrics. And I think somehow I feel like they're kind of blessed that each and every action in the whole supply chain can be measured, okay, end to end. And, and that's what most of the modern organizations want that Okay, great. I have all these measures in place. How to get the meaningful insights out of it? Because the numbers itself does not explain anything till the time there's a context behind it. And I think we, we both have worked on some of the recent CPG engagements where we try to bring the whole elements of causality and the predictions so that we can fill that knowledge gaps in those insights. Because what we are calling them as insight, but in the control towers or those command centers, those are just a bunch of numbers. Those are just highs and lows. Those are observations. But in order for those observations to become insights, they need context, that why and how. And I think that's what we are trying to solve with Codeswap Discovery, that how, that what can be further explained with why and how with the help of machine learning and AI. So Sundar, so let me just ask you one very specific question. I know you were working on a very recent pro program where the one of the senior uh, head of supply chain operations mentioned to you a term called directed work, okay? And that was a very new term to me. And I think you were discussing with me the other day and said they wanted to invest in this particular area. So I just want to understand, and I think for our audience also, what does directed work means in this whole supply chain context? Sure. Um, so imagine, uh, I mentioned this concept of a day in the life before, right? So imagine a day in the life of, let's say, a warehouse management professional. There are so many roles and responsibilities that they have to go through. And 
for each of those roles and responsibilities, I mean, think of it as you have a bunch of roles and responsibilities on the left, and on the far right, you have a little orange box which says life is as good as it can get. The aim for any professional is they want to get to that right top corner, you know, life is as good as it gets. Now, when things are going good, everything's perfect, you know, everything is a linear straight line from left to right. What if all is not good? What if things aren't going good in your day? That's when uh, having this friend called insights and relevant insights really starts making sense to professionals. Uh, I'll give you an example of a particular scenario where you know there was a, a, a plant that realized that they were falling short on certain truckloads of uh, a particular skew, a couple of skews actually. And so there were back and forth emails as we do and after about 23 hours, the executive who was handling this operation figured that, okay, something has gone wrong 23 hours back. Uh, the, the, the executive was interested in knowing, okay, why did we not see this coming? It took another 18 hours and yet the answer was not available. So to your point about first knowing the fact and then understanding the causal was a good 40 hour journey and yet the answer was not there. The, the discussion was that, hey, you know, we have all these command centers, all these control towers, and essentially big TV screens, the traditional way of looking at numbers, right? Big TV screens or dashboards throwing multiple numbers at you. Uh, it's an information overload era where even after all that, the professional is still not sure which is the number do I need to go and look at to, yeah, to go ahead and start taking quick decisions, right? So the concept was, can we direct or can we guide them to the most pressing numbers, to the most pressing anomalies as we have defined it, to say, only tell me through the course of my day what is my thumbs down, what is not going right, and let me clear that out of my way as I go through the day. And then at the end of the day, I can go back and look at everything that happened and sort of consume that and say, fine. But through my day, I want direction or directed work on what is not going okay at the time that it is not going okay, or even better, if I can know it before it is not going to be okay, and if I can go and solve for it, that is going to save me a lot of pain and grief, and it's going to save my organization a lot of good dollars. That is the overall concept of directed work, Sushant. That's very well defined. And Sundar, I know you work with different personas uh, in the client's organization. You work with people in the 3PL team, you work with people in the warehousing team. So can you call out maybe any couple of personas uh, based on your experience and what kind of directed insights you are trying to facilitate to them? Okay. Uh, could be anyone, could be analysts, could be managers. So if you can share certain personas so that people can understand that how discovery is trying to personalize the insights for those individuals. Sure, Sushant, good question. Uh, I'll talk about two personas just to get that flavor of a couple of them. And one of them is definitely relevant given the COVID and post-COVID era. They define this persona of a product supply analyst and product supply being such a challenge right now one, ensuring you have the product in the plant and then getting it to your various sites along your supply chain. So having that visibility and being able to call out when you are have fallen short 
are falling short or are likely to fall short over the next say seven days so that you can start planning for everything that goes associated with it or as an example you know you look at all your metrics like your safety stock your reorder points buffer levels uh, and your inbound outbound stocks to figure out which are your skews that you're definitely likely to fall short on you're going to have an out of stock maybe on your d2c channel because you have a stock availability issue that essentially is core insights that a product supply analyst is going to live by every day and these are insights and anomalies around those insights which we are trying to contextualize and personalize for this person by site by skew by channel you know the other one that that we uh, we emerged and this one is interesting is that it's it's like a twin it's a two in one this concept of a sustainability manager and an operations manager the operations manager is typically somebody who's at a site managing that particular site a sustainability manager is like a twin or an alter ego of this person sitting in a headquarters monitoring all sites and then helping and working with this operations manager or the operations manager who needs the most help on that day so if you can think about an operations manager is going to be involved in or interested in what are my inbound trucks what are going to be my outbound trucks who do i need to serve what is my current fill rate how much am i going to lag by which are my which are the skews that are going to cause me most trouble today which are the skews that are going to cause me most trouble over the next 7 days and so on all this for one site for the operations manager now you start scaling it up to a sustainability manager and they have to start prioritizing i have say 10 sites that i am managing and i i cannot possibly go and manage all 10 sites if i try to manage all of them i'm going to manage none of them so i need a further prioritization similar insights but maybe a different context so this is the twin concept and how we are trying to get those nuances in the insights to be able to serve both of them uh, and there is a handshake between them by the way so show for that handshake as well this is the concept of persona session so so there you talked about your phase 0 where you said you, you try to dig deeper into the day in the life so let's imagine you have these two personas and uh, you are starting your journey with the client today and this is going to be your first meeting with them so what are the different elements that you try to cover in the phase 0 with these two personas in mind and uh, ensuring that you are going to give them something which they don't have access to right now um so we we start with uh, it is a blue sky way of thinking right phase 0 and this concept of day in the life is that you go in there with no prejudices with no uh no kind of predefinitions to say this is how it is going to be we have a broad framework that we have built uh which is is uh which is core to this whole exercise but it is more about helping this person open their heart out to hey i i have a responsibility i go through my day i have a lot of challenges that i go through especially because we are trying to get to anomalies or gaps against those you know anomalies so we first try and understand the linear the uh, the happy path what are all the things that you need to do and if you did well that orange box in the right top corner now let's start slowly unpacking one by one what are the things that do go wrong 
when these these things do go wrong who are the people that you need to speak to what are some of those examples or scenarios and then you know it's like a a funnel based method of trying to get to first the gaps then we look at defining use cases out of it articulating value and that is a critical step by the way that in doing this whole exercise if you're not able to bring out what is the dollar value that you're going to be able to deliver back to them then it becomes uh, it it does not fulfill its true potential then this whole exercise so that's how we go through this whole phase 0 journey with any client we typically take uh, anywhere between 2 to 4 weeks that we do this whole uh, engagement of also then exploring data and uh, trying to understand what are those use cases that we can solve uh, how can we go through the prioritization so that we can deliver maximum value and also keep delivering value over period of time uh, with multiple deliverables as we go through so that takes me to my next question i know from there you are trying to make their lives simpler by bringing the insights which are more relevant to their persona something which is more contextual so that they can take corrective action today not tomorrow so what is that medium of consumption that you are using and, and what what kind of a language you are that you are communicating these insights are you building some kind of a dashboard are you building some kind of a balance scorecard what what, what exactly you are doing right now um it we we've, we've uh and you obviously have a lot of the context around this as well right so we built this method of uh, uh delivering insights which is narratives based or natural language generation based where uh human friendly insights delivered currently in english as the you know the prime language of delivering insights which are think about it as short messages that are getting delivered to you like it does through any of your any of the food apps that you use or any uh, let's say travel apps that you use simple messages which are pointing you to very specific things uh, which are helping you i mean guiding you through your day directing you through your day uh the mode of consumption itself there there are two or three popular ways in which we are seeing this being consumed one is of course the discovery portal the course five discovery portal which has been popular uh, one interesting mode of communic- uh, consumption that is that is generating interest today is can you integrate these insights which are interesting to my incumbent dashboard i have already spent a lot of dollars on my dashboard can you you know look at plugging it back in so that it becomes a visual plus you know uh messaging based mode of consumption the third and final one is you know can i maybe look at consuming it as excel or ppt is delivered to me on email which i'm able to then log into so these are three that i have seen and sushant maybe if you know maybe if you can also throw light on other modes of consumption that you've seen or that are there in the roadmap uh, as a thought process if there is something yeah sure so i think definitely one medium of consumption you've already called it out which is the self service bi platform which is often times is the first and foremost preferred medium for any client that we work with because the clients have already invested so much on their data infrastructure on the cloud and they are paying such a big subscription fee for these uh, bi platforms annually and they also spend so much time in creating evangelization doing training workshops for such a big large workforce of course no one wants a new screen 
okay people wants to leverage the existing screens that they have and what what the other thing that we am experiencing right now is that especially in the last two years there is a acceleration in the adoption of the collaboration platforms like your teams your slack a lot of clients are asking integration with that also so that they can start the conversation from within the collaborative platform get the insights directly in the collaborative platform and also discuss in parallel with their colleagues so they don't need to leave that interface so we are seeing more and more clients asking for integration with those in uh, platforms too apart from that uh, mobile application is definitely a big big win for the people on the senior executive level especially vp and above i'm sure the head of supply chain operations or maybe the head of reverse logistics or the head of 3pls or maybe the head of marketing your e-commerce who are always on travel who are always going across different sites okay and for them getting the attention of those people is very very difficult because we can't expect them to log into power bi or tableau every day try to look at the bunch of numbers and derive insights from that and they're not going to log into the traditional supply chain analytics platform either so what they want is something more curated insights okay simple english more forward looking that tells about tomorrow next 5 days next 7 days maybe next 14 days and everything very well curated within the mobile application so that they can just quickly glance through it and just make a call to their uh, subordinates someone who has to take a corrective action so apart from that chat and voice are definitely there however i'm not seeing much uh, bigger acceptance with these two channel chat and voice because these are cool aspects people wants to experiment with it but not every persona in the client organization is quite connected with that okay the people in the executive level who have those uh, google home or alexas in their rooms and the cabins they want to play with that they want some quick facts and quick uh, forecasted numbers they can use these uh, voice bots but apart from that i would say your uh, self service bi platforms your mobile applications your collaborative platforms and yes we also have a portal in place that sundar you've already called out that only comes into picture when the clients want to augment their dashboard with another medium of consumption that can fill the gap that the dashboards are not able to fill i have a couple of things ashant like one of the things that was or uh, has been a hypothesis in the industry right that mobile apps are something that executives are interested in as i've worked with a lot of these personas i'm slowly realizing that let's say i know of personas today who are out there in the uh, in the field setting up new sites i'm pretty sure while a site is being set up there are hardly going to be any computers over there and these insights are going to be priceless because they are setting up one site but three other sites are already operational they still need to keep monitoring what's happening at those sites for them also and maybe more so that mobile app when it pings and says that hey something's not okay at that site just take some time off go call the uh, operations manager figure out what's going on is going to be quite powerful i think that's one secondly when you mentioned about narrative insights one of the surprising findings if you will that i experienced in this journey was that uh, we had 
one place, one use case where this is becoming powerful is when you have churn in teams. So you have a team of say 10 warehouse management professionals and there is let's say a reorg or that is there is maybe folks moving on and new folks coming in. Apart from the ramp up time to understand warehouse management for new professionals, especially professionals who are early in their career, starting off just now, then being able to go and access seven or eight different systems, poke around screens to get to the right numbers, and then also figure out who then I need, need to go and speak to next to try and solve problems. This can sometimes be a very daunting and intimidating task. We actually have seen cases where we have new folks who've come in analyst level personas, who've come in have been able to start off with those simple English narratives that you mentioned and get going because narratives are also telling them, okay, this was wrong. This was why it was wrong. Go and speak to XYZ person or this team and they'll be able to help you solve. So that ramp up time is becoming really short. I just thought I'd share these two ex uh, experiences. You know, I think that's a very valid point. I think if you look at the, the insights journey right now in any of the organization, I think we, I've also been working for the last 20 years now. And the general flow I see is you build the dashboards, the people consume it, and the moment they have a question, the preferred route is always go to the analyst. Okay, can you do the diagnostic for me? Can you go and go to the deeper into the data and try to find that why element or maybe the how element? Now, that whole why and how journey is always span across maybe three days, maybe five days, sometimes it takes seven days. And by the time you're ready with the response, go back to the executives, you ask your follow-up question and now you're trapped in this vicious circle. So that we're trying to cut down that time that gets burnt in this vicious circle through discovery, where we're trying to leverage our model factory, okay? Where we have all these uh, industry-specific models. I think we have models around demand sensing, demand forecasting, inventory forecasting. We have built up some very nice simulators, okay? For uh, people who are in the warehouse as well as in the headquarters who want to run simulation against maybe inventory fill rates or on the service levels or maybe uh, on the supply chain cost, okay? And they want to see what are the factors which are impacting that. But we also have to preempt what are the questions that people might ask, okay? And how to keep those answers ready and pre-computed somewhere in the abstraction layer so that the people who are consuming the insights can request for those insights at, at, at that particular moment. Of course, we can't... Uh, preempt each and every question business user would have. But there are certain common questions that we can keep it ready so that the information is easily accessible. Because that is the one of the ways to improve the adoption. Because uh, as I'm going to my next topic, because adoption is a bigger challenge. And uh, some of the statistics, if I talk about, uh, unfortunately, most of the self-service BI platforms are experiencing an adoption rate of 35 to 37%, which is pretty low. And, uh, and there are multiple factors behind that. I think we can't put a blame on the, the platform or a tool because they are just an enabler, okay? Behind the scene, there are a lot of things that happens that needs to be fixed in order to have a better adoption. And my learnings have been so far is that whenever we try to solve the insights problem, we always go bottom up. We always waste our time chasing the data, 
building the data models, trying to streamline a lot of different sources. But we forget very fundamental thing that the person who is going to consume the insight from the top, he just want these three metrics. And he wants those metrics to be available almost near real time. He don't want 10 metric dashboard. He wants just those things which are changing frequently during the day. So if I can provide him that information with higher accuracy and maintain a decent uh, latency, I think I can satisfy him. Probably he doesn't need a big jazzy dashboard or a scorecard. And in fact, I was reading a very interesting uh, research report which was published by Gartner this morning in which they talked about the 2020 uh, trends for the BI and analytics. And one of the things they mentioned was the dashboards are gradually dying. And I was saying, wow, what is this going on? And maybe because people are, have realized that the dashboards are not the solution to every problem statement. Okay. I don't think they will ever die. They will, they have their own space in the industry, but people have to realize that every medium of consumption has its own space. You cannot expect a dashboard to be a fully baked decision-making tool. You need to bundle up just like you do a product bundling on the website. You need to do an insights bundling where you need to bundle your dashboard with an insights newsletter, with a mobile application, with the timely alerts and notifications, create a package and educate your stakeholder that dashboard is just part of that package. The remaining three things you still have not in place. You need to invest in that. And that's what we're trying to solve the discovery that that's the reason we are embarking on multimodal consumption medium. Because if you want to solve the adoption problem, you need to attack through multiple consumption medium. One medium cannot give you a hundred percent adoption. That's very, very interesting. Uh, the insights bundle you know, thought process. Uh, one of the other things that I also uh, truly believe, um, and this is something that we do as one in our design during the phase zero, and then also subsequently after delivering a solution to a client, we also follow through with what we call adoption consulting, in which we, so at a base level, clients don't adopt, maybe because there is no speed to insight, one of the problems that we spoke about, or maybe there is no trust in the insight. Everything is coming on time, but it's not right enough. or all the maybe we are solving for these two but there is no depth in insight it's giving me some insight but it's not giving me everything that i need everything that i would like or my role demands for that is one aspect that the phase zero was solving but even after we let's say you've done all that planning all that assessment and then you've gone on to deliver a solution in say three or four months subsequently it becomes very important to have that channel of communication open with a client to constantly take feedback verbal feedback as well and if your solution can enable it feedback through the tool also to understand interaction behavior every persona is going to be different the way they consume insights is going to be different more and more as we go on this journey we as analytics professionals will have to understand and realize this that each of them have their own way means time of the day of consuming insights and your most uh, timely insights, most trustworthy insights, and the most uh, deep of your insights have to be available to them at those times, obviously with the right UX, with the right kind of messaging, you know, with the right kind of data available, 
and all those aspects so that it becomes relevant and useful to them. Uh, I, I, that That is one of the viewpoints I have on adoption and how this whole challenge area is something that we can, of course, the medium, multiple media that you spoke about, I think they're going to become very, very important as we further keep going along. They're going to help us differentiate different personas. A sustainability manager at location X is going to be different to a sustainability manager at location Y because of the way in which they consume and the times at which they consume, the need for which they consume. It's going to be different. That's what will help further refine these personas. Yeah. And there are two things, uh, Sundar, that I've learned over these years is that whenever we do the initial consulting with the client or what you call it as phase zero, or, uh, there are two questions that I always ask my prospects apart from the rest of the questions when we do the initial requirement gathering. One is that, what is the definition of actionability for you? So if you have a dashboard or a scorecard, you have a bunch of numbers with you, what are the kind of actions you are about to take or you're bound to take based on the role that you have in the organization? If you are a kind of a person who's responsible for, let's say, supply chain costs, you have to maintain the cost under control. Or you are an inventory guy or you are a guy in the finance and you want to make sure not too much working capital should be locked into inventory. So we have to meet certain baseline. We need to maintain certain baseline. So I want to understand what is the definition of actionability for you and what are the kind of actions you are going to take once this medium of consumption goes live? And number two, my, my favorite question that I always ask is, what is the decision-making process in your organization? So let's imagine you identified certain anomaly or you identified certain actionable opportunity. What would you do? How the process workflow would happen? Will you just pick up a phone and call someone to take an action? Will you just open some kind of a ticket in Jira or ServiceNow and assign it to someone? Will you yourself will do some action? What is that decision-making process looks like? And how do you measure that decision is really effective or not? Because oftentimes, the discussions in the initial requirement gathering are around, you tell me what do you want? What kind of a look and feel, which metrics, which dimensions? But we often forget that after that story is live, that story needs to do some action. If that story is not triggering an action, then that story is of no value. Okay. So, so that's what I've learned. I think these are the two, my favorite questions that I have been asking for so, so such a long, long time in every day, because that helped me understand and empathize with his persona. Because if he does not know what actions he needs to take, then my, my, my fear is my dashboard or scorecard is not going to be adopted. Because then I'm building something which is just good to know. So what's, what's your take on that? So what, what are some of those one or two key questions which are closer to your heart that you feel that really opens the Pandora box? <laughs> um, I, I, I probably ask similar things, but I maybe word it a little different. One is I like to understand scenarios that occur in the day. And then when they narrate scenarios, I also try and understand okay, so what? Now, what do you do? What are the decisions that you try and take out of this? I also try and figure out who are the people that you need to engage or speak to in order to first get the insight and then in order to drive action. So this helps me complete my story for any scenario that a persona is going to experience in the day. So I know who are all involved. 
uh, way back I had learned this concept of a SIPOC matrix, S-I-P-O-C, supplier input, process, output, consumer. So for any process, if you can try and divide or bifurcate it into these five buckets, it starts giving you a sense of where, who is giving you something, how is it coming in, what are you going to do with it, what is going to be output and who is going to be a consumer. So that's a framework that I keep in mind and I'm trying to define uh, this. I think so there probably, uh, since we have a time constraint, I think we should definitely do a separate podcast on your phase zero approach. And sure thing. Uh, what are the different types of questions you ask and how do you actually collect that information? What is the process of collecting that information? Because that's the more important thing. A lot of time when you go in the meetings, people speak, 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 <laughs> and you are just taking notes. But once you record it, how to identify the meaningful information out of it? What, how to build those clusters of valuable knowledge yeah. that mm -hmm. you can communicate to your team? So that's very important to understand that. So we'll sure. probably do another session on that. Absolutely. Topic. So any, any closing statements on there from you before we uh, wind up our podcast for today? Now, I'm very excited about this space of augmented analytics. And I see that there is a true power of consulting plus data science plus technology that is coming together to solve some really important problem statements. And it's in the space of operations analytics, supply chain, which I'm very passionate about. So. Uh, I'm looking forward to this journey. I'm looking forward to how we are able to solve multiple problems for multiple consumer product companies out there and, uh, you know, and truly deliver dollar value back to them in th this next phase of evolution post COVID. Thanks, Vishan. Okay. Thanks, Sundar. And uh, thanks to all our listeners. And uh, if you have any questions, any comments, you can always visit our website and, uh, by the way, don't forget to check our product section. And if you go to our website, www.course5i.com and go to the product section on the top, you can explore a little bit more about uh, Course 5 Discovery, what is our value proposition, what kind of problems we are trying to solve. And don't forget to request for a demo of our solution. We'll be more than happy to walk you through that how this solution is going to revolutionize your day-to-day -day operational world and what kind of additional insights it can generate for your work. So until then, hasta pronto, take care, stay safe, stay connected.